When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I am joined by my buddy and co-host, Wayne Breezy Brown. We're going to be touching everything uh, involving the Celtics over the past few days, including that massive win in Game 4, as well as an ongoing storyline going into Game 5 involving DeJounte Murray. Before we get into things, Wayne, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great. Everybody should be doing great, especially if you're rocking that green. You should be doing great. One more to go, baby. One more to go. Yeah, and I mean, it was one of those games I feel like after that, it felt like very much like a palate cleanser. Uh, Rob Williams talked about it, and Rob Williams had a fantastic game. and I mean, massive on the boards. We'll get into that in a second, but talked about how it felt like very much like in their eyes that it was a must-win game. And I think, honestly, if you're looking from a Celtics perspective, it kind of was. Because if Atlanta wins that game, all of a sudden it becomes a series. Now, it, it, if that happens, then all of a sudden it's it's a best of three. It's a whole brand new series. Celtics have two of those three games at home at TD Garden. But you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Now you've got Philadelphia, who finished off a, a legitimate gentleman's sweep of the Nets. And so now they're just waiting. Joel Embiid, uh, apparently his knee is at like 50% right now. He's like a coin flip to actually start uh, the semifinals. So, and that would kick off if the Celtics close out on Tuesday, that series would start Saturday. So you have to try and put the Hawks away as fast as possible, because if you don't, that means there's more time for Joel Embiid to get healthy and to rest. And that's the last thing you want to do. I mean, Obviously, you you know people are dealing with injuries and stuff, but you got to take advantage of it if you're the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, look, this should have been over. That should have been game four. But if, you know, it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Unfortunately, we lost one in Atlanta, but they will close it out in, at home. All right. And so that'll be a way to, you know, get a couple of days off and then get ready for Philly. I don't I, I'm going I'm to say this. I don't care if Embiid is fully healthy. I much more like that matchup better than I like what's going on right now in Atlanta because I feel like Philly isn't the scrappy team. They're a team with a good head coach, and it really runs through Embiid. And if you let Embiid do do what he does, the question is, can who's the next person that's going to step up? Is it going to be James Harden? Is it going to be Tobias Harris? You don't Tyrese Maxey. 
Maxi is, is the so if you if you kind of eliminate you let you let Harden do what he does, and I know I'm talking into in, into existence. I'm sorry, Tim, but I just feel like <laughs> that's going to be the next matchup. You got to acknowledge it. I, I got to acknowledge it. But we've played Philly really well this season, and so Embiid is just going to be Embiid if he's healthy. But you got to look at it like this: whatever Embiid we get, he's not going to be the same Embiid we played against. In the regular season, he's not going to be nowhere near to being a hundred percent. So this is a one-up for the Celtics, and it looks like the Celtics, in my opinion, are getting stronger and stronger and stronger as they go along. Speaking of that, I have to talk about the maskless Brown because he took off the mask. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what happened. All I know is in quarter two, the mask came off, and he started going ham and cheese. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call it ham and cheese, but yeah, I agree, man. He started one of seven. He takes the mask off the rest of the way. He goes 11 of 15. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to argue it, man. Hey, look, I love the mask. I, I, I loved how crazy good he got towards the tail end of the season. I thought that was actually going to negatively impact his numbers. He didn't miss that many games with the mask and he just literally turned into a superhero. It, like he put it on and, yeah, actually, Grant, no, you're not Batman. Jalen is because he's out here being the Dark Knight, screwing everybody over. So, like, he was whooping ass for the, that stretch run and closed out so strong. I think that's that. going to really help his all-NBA conversation, to be quite honest. But he just took it off in the game. And I was really surprised that he did it mid-game, but it, it worked, and I highly doubt he's going to put it back on unless he's worried about taking a knock in the face and, I think that's part of the reason why he's kept it on so long. He joked and said, like, you know, my mom thinks I should keep it on. So, right. you know, maybe it makes a return and maybe he keeps it on for the final game of this series. But you hope that eventually he's not going to have to deal with it. But I think between that and the hand, the cut on his finger, and I think he reopened it again or got another cut. I don't know. He he got his his he had blood running down his arm at one point during the yeah. game i don't know he just keeps like getting these like random cuts and bruises so you have to worry about it a little bit but you know i think dealing with these multiple things has just been a lot so him taking off the mask i think was sort of removing one of those factors something that was blocking his vision but i mean he he was massive in that game it's like between him rob and Derek for who made like the most impact in that in my opinion yeah, I mean, and, and we'll talk about Derek White in a second because Derek White has been a godsend for the Celtics, right? I mean, you want a guy that could get to the basket, uh, that's going to finish. Uh, like, he rarely misses at the rim. And he takes the most awkward shots you've ever seen, right? Because he's so tiny, but his bounce is good, and he gets up, the ball goes in, he has a crazy-looking floater. He, he just knows how to finish around the rim. And so he's been playing really good. And then his defense has been, like, like out of this world. I mean, he just never gives up on a play. I would say, in my opinion, and I know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the, are the superstars, but I would say that I, I would argue that Rob Williams and, and, and White, they possibly are, like, the MVPs of this particular series. I think that's a bold take, but I tend to agree with it, mainly because I think this is the closest we've seen Robert Williams be to what he was last year before the injury, because you're seeing him get these rebounds. We talked about it a little bit before we hopped on, but 13 rebounds in the first half, the most since Kendrick Perkins had 
uh, or it was 12 first half rebounds, the most since Kendrick Perkins, who had 13 against Detroit in guess what season? 2008. So like he went out there and was just doing anything and everything to help them win the game. You saw him diving for loose balls. You saw him tipping out passes, fighting for rebounds. He had a couple and one opportunities. He was actually getting more involved in the offense, which I thought was great. And there were a couple plays really towards crunch time, like the last like three minutes where Jalen Brown was driving to the hoop and you had the defense collapsing. Jalen Brown finds him. He has like almost like two, I want to say it was two possessions straight where he goes to Rob Williams who gets up and just, you know, gets in a nice little close layup, like right next to the basket and two massive buckets that you needed at that time. And for Rob, I think right now, this is sort of this next step that you want him to take. I don't think it's going to happen instantaneously, but he's been doing it more and more. And they talked about it a little bit, specifically Joe Missoula saying he has all of these abilities and it's just a matter of empowering him and challenging him and, you know, letting him know, like you just have to be more consistent and just, attack like they're really trying to make a point of keeping him involved and instilling him with that confidence to be like you are you are a physically gifted athlete there's so many like you step on the court there's not like anyone else who's able to do exactly what you can do because of your physical attributes like the natural athleticism that rob has it's just not common it's part of the reason why he originally was projected as a lottery pick the reason why he fell was because of the concerns is some kind of circulatory thing with his knees, which I think they figured out. And there was also concerns about his work ethic. And I don't think that's an issue here. I think it's more so just him applying himself. I don't think the work ethic's a problem. I mean, they, they keep... remember we used to call him time Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I've also heard part time Lord because part time be Lord. Well, I he had issues showing clever. up on time, and then there was that one incident. I believe he like overslept and missed a meeting or something like that. He, with the he missed his his introductory <laughs> his press introductory conference. Press he conference. missed his flight to get there. Yeah, something like that. And so he never lived that down. But he just overall, I feel like he's just taking these steps. And for him to he he was the one who said like I'm close to what I was. Yeah. This is about as good as I've felt in a year. Yeah. And this is why you look at all of the rest and you talk about injuries mounting up across the league. You know, I don't know if you saw it earlier, but now De'Aaron Fox has got a broken finger. No and way. So, yeah. Bro broken in, his, I think his left index finger. So in his left hand broke it sometime in the fourth quarter um, in their loss to the Warriors. So now that series is split two two, and he is going to try and gut it out for game five. Don't know how that's going to go, but that's going to be tough. It's rough, right? And so the Celtics, I feel like the way that they've handled these, you know, these rotations and trying to stagger Rob and Al and get them rest and, you know, rest them on back to backs or, you know, they, they've managed that situation perfectly because you've got both of those guys being able to contribute significant minutes and be playing at a high level. Like the one thing we talked about before going into the series was bigs, right? Bigs and then those guard matchups. The bigs specifically in this series, you notice, like, I. I want to say that from game three, moving on to game four, you saw a significant change for Atlanta in the way that they were like stacking up in the interior. Like they just started locking down in the paint more and they still did it in game four, but they blew them out of the water in game three in the boards. And yeah. you saw Boston come back with a more concerted effort. They, they barely edged them out in the rebound category for that game. Uh, the Celtics did. So that comes from effort that comes from guys like Rob and Al and, just an overall team effort, but 
Rob led all all rebounders in this game. With Breaking 15. news! I hate to bring it to you. Breaking news: Dejounte Murray's been suspended for one game. We said this. We said this. Yes. Breaking I almost spoke it. Okay. I almost spoke this into existence. Before we hopped on today, before we recorded, I was like, man, I hope wow. we get to the Chantay. I told you this was going to happen. Okay. I, okay. I, wow. Right, Breaking all right, news. All right. all right. So I, I don't mean to cut you off, but we need to no, preface to no, what happened. Is, oh, Let's yeah. go right into it. Let's this preface is, what is, happened. This is juicy stuff. Uh, Dejounte <laughs> Murray had a, had a little run in with the ref, with an NBA official, right? A little shoving, so pushing, something happened. Um, and unfortunately, and it's weird because they allowed the game to go on. He continued to play. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. It happened after the game. Okay. So it was after the final wh- whistle, um, and it was as the teams were heading out towards the locker room. DeJounte Murray went out of his way to go over to an official. That's what happened. And, like, he, like, bumped so this is the he ref shoulders here. He bumped him yep. and like was in his face, yep. saying some stuff, and then started walking away towards the locker room and then turned back and was like yelling, I think at that official and then the other official as he was getting escorted back to the locker room. So a lot of people were saying, Well, Jason Tatum made contact with the ref earlier in the game. Here we go. First off, Tatum got hard fouled. foul by he got fouled right flagrant foul don't say hard foul it was a flagrant foul look flagrant it was, flagrant. It was flagrant, flagrant and they called it a flagrant flagrant um so it's a flagrant foul he gets up immediately what the ref was doing is the ref was the one who initiated the contact because he thought he was going to go after trey young like, right he thought he there was his... going to be a fight right right he got and in so between he pushed it. yeah and yeah. so like tane was like now nah, i'm fine he like pushed past him to go talk to the head official to be like what the hell is this can you look at this like i they they clearly weren't going for the basketball on this plane. He was right. Um, they just out that flagrant foul. But different situations. DeJounte Murray initiated this initiated this encounter. That's he key. was the one who initiated. He, he did it with intent to intimidate and to give off kind of like a threatening vibe. And you talk about respect with officials. This is an example of this. Grant Williams got suspended for lesser charges earlier on in the season against the Bulls, right? So he got up after a drive he and he brushed to, into oh, official. But he tried to avoid it. He if if you look at it, it listen, he it was like he it was the it was the female official too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think you I are remember correct, yes. And it was like it one was, of it, one of the female officials. One yeah. of the female officials, right? And he I not I'm not saying he tried to avoid the contact, but it wasn't like a, a deliberate It wasn't like he like floored her That's anything. what I'm trying to say. Like Yeah. I don't think he knew she was there, but there was nothing he could do about it because when he turned, he was going full throttle anyway, and it was just a bro- he, it was a, yeah it was a hit yeah yeah and, and he got suspended for it right and right, he and he stuff. earned it he got ejected from that game and he got suspended now this was a situation where Dejounte Murray's situation happened after the game so there's nothing they could do in the moment and ah. like for, and if you want to say about like Tatum's situation look they reviewed it like they weren't they weren't looking at the contact with the official there. Remember, I, I immediately texted you and said, oh, no, I watched Tatum because because Tatum pushed his hands. He put uh, he pushed the safety hands down. <laughs> yeah, but he did. The, he did that to go talk to the official. Mind you, we can't hear what they're saying on the court. He probably said exactly what you said. Now nah, I'm cool. And he didn't care about that official. He was trying to get to the head official. Yeah. To, to have them review that like that. That's pretty spot on Tim. So, yeah, that's the difference. Big difference. It's- when this is the actual official NBA communications press release that we've got, 
Um, Atlanta Hawks DeJunte Murray has been suspended one game without pay for making inappropriate contact with and verbally abusing a game official. It was announced today by Joe Dumars, executive vice president, head of basketball ops. The incident occurred at the conclusion of the Hawks 129-121 loss to the Boston Celtics in game four of their first round playoff series on April 23rd, State Farm Arena. Murray will serve a suspension on Tuesday, April 25th when the Hawks visit the Celtics for game five of the series at TD Garden. So regardless of it being the playoffs or not, you do something like that, you are going to get suspended. You are going to earn it. And as much as it sucks, I think regardless of whether or not DeJunte Murray was going to suit up for this game, I think the Hawks are going to go down. Do I think that this hurts the Hawks? Absolutely. Um, because I think DeJounte Murray, out of all of the players in the Hawks, he's been one of the most consistent menaces on the floor Agreed. because he's not a D he's not as much of a defensive liability. Like he's known for being a really strong defender as well as being like a two way player. So the fact is, is he's more playable out there than Trey young is Trey Young's really great at getting foul calls and, you know, getting to the line and he's done pretty good in the last two games specifically to do that. But He's been mostly taken out of the equation, except DeJounte Murray. He's been like really consistent for the most part. So that really hurts them. They're, they work through their guards. They're the two best players that they have on the team. I mean, DeAndre Hunter was great in game four, was massive for them. I think, I think he might have had a good game in game three, but game four, he was a reason why he was like, they were in the mix. He was hitting he started a lot off of really, He started off really hot in game three. And then I think he kind of like was tamed a little bit because then it started running through uh, DeJounte Murray. You know yeah. what I mean? But mm. but Murray missing is huge for them because now who else are you going to run it through? And so, like... You got to go big, I think. It's going to be interesting to find out what they do. I think uh, DeAndre Hunter, I mean, he had a lot of open looks, uh, you know, because, you know, you're trying to double Trey and then you're trying to get to Murray. And, you know, once they started to tame Murray, they were going to let Hunter shoot. It's just that he wasn't missing. So he had a good game. <laughs> like you can't do nothing about it. He had a good game, and so now he's got to travel. They got to travel to Boston. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I expect what we saw the first two games to be like this particular matchup that's coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, it's gonna be magnified. I think this is gonna be really really tough for Atlanta. Going into a hostile territory is already hard enough. Going to TD Garden is a whole different situation and you're trailing 3-1, and you're missing one of your star players, that's got to be demoralizing for that locker room. I'm sure they're all pissed at DeJounte. Like, as much as they can be mad at the officials, it's like, dude. They can't even be mad at the officials because the officials didn't do anything. What do you, what do you expect them to do? That's like, what, what I'm you, saying. The officials didn't do anything. We're going to be mad because they, 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 they did this at the end of the game. The officials weren't expecting a player to come on over no. there, make some type of contact. This is on DeJounte Murray. Look. 100%. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to tame yourself even when you're hot. It must have been a crazy foul not called or a crazy call. But it's not like this game was close. Let's, let's, not, get it, let's, let's not get it twisted. I mean, it had its moments where they were close in the game but when the celtics decided to take over when jason tatum just said f it and then just started scoring out of nowhere they just pushed the button it was un it wasn't close they were just hitting ridiculous three-point shots to make this game even an eight-point game right i mean ridiculous they had to be 95 feet from the, the rim and they were going in so they were hitting miraculous shots is what i'm trying to say 
Um, so this is definitely on Murray. And look, basketball players, I know you guys are young kids. I get it. But you have to learn how to control your, 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 you know, your emotions at a time like this because he, to me, is their best player. I know Trey Young is the is the is the star, but to me, the Hawks wouldn't even be they wouldn't have even been forty one and forty one without Dejounte Murray. And they're giving the Celtics. I don't care if we are up three one. They're giving us some good ass basketball. It's like it's not like we're beating his team like they stole something. These games are close for the majority yeah. of the part. Yeah, and I think that's really where that guard tandem came in. Like this is why they traded for him because. Uh-huh. Well, it's it's a really comp. When you look at the guard pairing there, Dejounte helps a lot with some of Trey's inefficiencies, and that's why so much of their offense runs between those two guys. I do agree. It, it is, it feels kind of dirty to say it because, like, I know that Trey is a good player, but to me, as good of a player as Trey is, I don't think he's ever going to win a championship unless there is a team that is like perfectly built around him because of his size limitations. Because you know. It feels weird to say he's got size limitations because he's like a regular dude height. He's like six feet tall or six one. So like it, it feels weird to say that, but he's not good defensively. You can be that height and be good defensively. Like CP3 was a menace for years, like even, even with his height limitations. And he's roughly the same height as well. But I think that Dijonte is a more well-rounded player. And obviously being under coach Popovich, he's been coached up very much so. Um to the point where he kind of felt underrated and then going into that trade, getting to Atlanta, um, he's really started to blossom into that role. I do wonder how they move forward from here. I don't know if this, I don't think this, this changes much, but like you do kind of have to look at him and say, Hey man, you need to be a better leader here. Like you can't put yourself in this kind of situation. We're in a do or you knew at the end of that whistle, as much as you were pissed off, it was a do or die game. Like you went over and he could have gone ahead and chewed him out and he probably would have got fined. He would have got fined. They because he bumped him, he made the contact because he made the contact. He immediately just signed his own, you know, death warrant on that. Like you're you just screwed yourself on that man. And he's going to look back at that and feel really stupid. Obviously, going into Boston down three one, the the odds are not already in your favor. But you just come on, man. you got to be smarter than that. Like that feels like. To me, that feels like some of the stuff that Marcus Smart would do, where it's like, you you can't do that, man. You're putting yourself in a spot. Or when he punched the picture frame, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're putting yourself at yeah. risk for no reason. You're letting your emotions get the best of you. And I get it's frustrating. Like, you're putting your heart and soul out there, and you, you end up losing a game like that where you feel like you were close. It, it's got to be demoralizing, but you got to be smarter if you're going to be a leader for this team. But it, it feels like that series is just over now. Like, that just completely i don't know how they're gonna play man i have no idea what lineup they're gonna trot out yeah the, the lineup is gonna look weird but they're, they're gonna come out scrappy it, again this is not going to be something easy for the boston celtics i know they're gonna be missing a key piece but they're gonna come out scrappy uh i can tell you that right now they're gonna come out scrappy i hope they come out shooting and missing that that's that's what we want we want we want them to come out shooting and missing that's what the celtics are there for that's why you have al horford uh a little bit of uh, Muscala sighting. I thought that was interesting. Like a minute. It was <laughs> a minute and 12 seconds or something like, like that, right? <laughs> a minute and 17 seconds to be you know, exact. I don't even know why they did it. I feel like they just needed to get like Al off the floor for a second. For a couple like, of seconds. Something, and they were was just it, like, wasn't Rob Williams and 
foul, get going into foul trouble. I mean, he finished the game with five fouls. I'm trying to think of when exactly Muscala came in. I feel like it must have been in the third quarter. So I Rob might have had like three or four at the time. I don't know. Can't yeah, remember. I think he finished with five. I thought he I finished thought for with five. Second, I think he f- almost fouled out, and like they took him out of the game. And I think I was listening to this the call with Scal, and I think it's Eddie House who was on. Yeah. So I I think they might have said that he fouled out, but the reality was I think they just pulled him yeah. um, late he in that game. He didn't foul out the game. No. But yeah, it was so. Yeah, I they threw Muscala in there, and I like Mike Muscala, but I don't know. He's not ready. It's not even a matter of ready. It's just like where does he fit, and do you really play him over Grant at this point? Like, I I kind of thought. I mean, he what does he give you over Grant? Size. I, he, I, gives I, you, he gives you a bit more size. You can play him legitimately more at the five. I, I um, think that's it. Shooting is about the same. I think that's what you get. I thought yeah. maybe that's why they put him in there. They tried Grant Williams in the last game. We were unsuccessful. Well, we didn't. He played well, but we didn't win, right? Yeah, he was so not, I, it was not on him by right. any means. And I thought maybe they went Mike Muscala just, you know, to put in there as a five, to continue to stretch, <laughs> stretch these bigs. You had to get these bigs out of the paint. I mean, they just, even if they weren't in the paint, like they have magnet hands and the ball gravitates toward their hands no matter where they are on the floor and i just you know it's just it's just they're a good rebounding team the celtics aren't bad we just can't rebound over these guys uh it's unfortunate i can't wait till this series is over i I tell you more breaking news tim former head coach of the boston celtics emil doka has just became the head coach of the houston rockets talk about it baby Wow. Um, (laughs) So that moved quickly, right? Because they were looking at a lot of different candidates. I know for a fact that Ime was in the fold. Ime was going to be in the conversation for a lot of positions. And I thought it was interesting to me because I thought that he would be in the mix for Detroit, right? And I saw a listing of like the the candidates that Detroit was looking at and Ime wasn't on the list. So I now that kind of in hindsight makes sense because that that Pistons report came out a little bit earlier. But um, yeah, per Woj, Rockets and Udoka moved fairly quickly towards each other after initial meeting. Sources tell ESPN Udoka and GM Raphael Stone kept talking on um, the job. Both sides had some strong options in the marketplace, but got a deal done in the last 24 hours to land Udoka with the Rockets. Huh. Wow. So he must have had other options at the table. So I I wonder if there was an offer from the Pistons on the table because I feel like that's a team that would make a lot of sense, um, especially with the way that that organization is trending. You know, they've got a lot of young talent. And this is kind of why you bring in a guy like Ime Udoka. So I am interested to see how it's going to go in Houston for him. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of talent. And they're sure to have a high pick this year. That's for sure. Right. Um, right. We'll see. We'll see where they end up ultimately landing in the lottery. But you know they've got a lot of really good young talent there. So very Dang. interesting. Good. Sucks, good. But good I'm news. glad he's not in the East. Yeah, I was ready to say he, he then moved back out west. Good news for him. Uh, and and I hope things work out for him in Houston. Uh, Houston, you may have a problem. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see man i you know what i i will say this though this beats him going to toronto because him going yes, to toronto because nick nurse been... was fired yes yeah and that's another thing that whole situation like uh they moved pretty quickly on letting him go so i think that writing was on the wall there for a while but but you said that you said that as soon as the series was over 
they'll probably be moving on from him. And they they did exactly it. Felt that. like it, right? You yeah. know, it just the vibes were all kind of weird and just it, it felt like it was trending in that direction. And now I think with Udoka and Houston, I'm interested to see how they go moving forward. I wonder where they fall in the draft. If they somehow manage to land Victor Wembanyama or even like they land like top two or three and they end up getting like scoot henderson or something mm-hmm. that's going to be very very interesting they're gonna have a lot of youth to work with and i kind of wonder what kind of sort of pull he's going to have there i mean people talked about maybe james harden leaving philly or something like that but you never know and going back to houston that's kind of been a little bit some murmurs here and there nothing substantial but just you know him being open to it but a major wrinkle major, major major wrinkle so we'll see how that unfolds though yeah yeah, it does feel like it's just kind of like, all right, just rip the bandaid off. Like, I didn't want this series to go on this long, but now that Philly's like just chilling, waiting for the next Getting round healthy, to start, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, it, look, I don't think any amount of time is going to fix Embiid right now. Like, he's not going to be 100%. I think he's probably going to miss the first two games of this series, and then maybe he'll come back for the third and not be 100% still. And I think this is kind of where you look at the situation with Philly is just how much of it's him not taking care of his health, how much of it's just him running himself into the ground. I honestly think that the flopping is really hurting him because he's just throwing his body around. Can't imagine that's good for his knees, but getting that's into that Philly series. a big guy too, you know? He's a, big, a big dude. He's a big, a big dude. Guy. Keep that's throwing that guy. weight around. Seven man. footer. Gotta be what? 280 pounds, something up there. Maybe. He's, he's big. Now I want to know. Yeah, I'm not going to bother right now. No, nah, don't, don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> he's just a big dude, man. He's just a big guy. It's a and, big man. And he played listen, I I like Embiid, right? When we're not when we're not playing it. But when it's we play him, he's a freaking pain in the in the yeah. butt. And the same thing with Giannis, because yeah. all Giannis does is tuck the ball in like a fullback and try to get to the rim. I'm just tired of it. Uh but I would say that Embiid has a little bit more skill set. He has great footwork. He has a good post game. He's like a center that can, like, literally can shoot and Legitimate still attack you in the paint. Yeah, it's yeah, a jump shot. Agreed. Yeah, and so that's that's what really I'm just like. Ugh. And he always shows up against the Celtics. It doesn't matter. He just shows up against the Celtics. You got to give credit for, for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, besides that, is there anything else you want to cover today? <laughs> no, I'm man. Still really is, the news. That we got the breaking news, man. And I think from there, man, we, we you know we're just it's a green light for the celtics right no pun intended Mm -hmm. um it's all we should see all green at this moment i think the celtics come out in the next game they just come out with the same game plan um they try they attack they attack they attack i'm okay tim when they shoot i'm not okay tim when they try to shoot and you know they just consistently miss i know they got to find a way to get back into a rhythm but how about get some easier shots get a Mm -hmm. mid-range uh, if you can't get to the paint and I do want to give a shout out to our six man Malcolm Brogdon because he played as hard as I've ever seen him play in this game like even after that bunny he missed at, <laughs> at the rim which we do miss bunnies I don't know why the Celtics miss bunnies but they miss layups uh, he continued to play hard and and you saw he had a much better game four than he did game three in my opinion Yeah, and I think that's where Boston's going to make that difference is just having all these depth pieces, and it's definitely going to be a factor moving forward past this round. So here's hoping they just put a bow on it, wrap it up on Tuesday. Going to be a little bit different with DeJounte Murray not in the fold, but we shall see. Other than that, uh, this has been the Vitamin C's Podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. 
Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 